most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents the Jim Ross Report. (laughs) With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Well, thank you very much, and hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Jim Ross Report. We're glad you're with us. Thanks for subscribing to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those good things. We also appreciate those five-star ratings that you leave us as well. Big time show here this week. Not going to waste much time here at the top of the program because, uh, as old John Wayne would say, we're burning daylight here. And so uh, we are in... uh, Glasgow, Scotland, as I record this, where we had a sold-out show on Monday night uh, and had a lot of fun, met some real cool people, and enjoyed their attention and their questions and their participation in our show. Uh, we have a, a busy week. I'll tell you more about that uh, later on. Getting ready to go to the train station and get on a train here in a little bit. And uh, show number two is uh, tonight as we record this, and then we'll be around here until uh, through Saturday. So any information on all, all of our great shows here, uh, just go to inside the ropes.co.uk really simple and uh kenny mcintosh and his crack staff uh will uh, make sure that they answer your questions but you can need ticket information for our two uh ireland shows in the week uh our two england shows here in the middle of the week uh we can uh, take care of you so kenny omega joining me here this week and it's an interview that i recorded a few weeks ago not a, a few days ago actually uh and I talked to Kenny uh, on a variety of things, uh, and this is kind of a supersized interview with he and I that we're going to break up into two parts, and uh, I think you'll appreciate that because there's so much content to uh, process from Kenny's interview uh, that I think uh, trying to squeeze it all in one show just would not be realistic. I can tell you that when we play the interview later on here in the program, we'll talk about, uh, obviously talk about Dominion and Kenny's amazing title win over Okada. And we'll talk about the extra work that uh, both Omega and Okada re- re- in a real way uh, put in to train for this event. Uh, we'll talk about who came up with the uh, two out of three falls idea. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Kenny's opinion on take on Jericho and Naito, which was a, 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 a bruise fest to say the least. Uh, and the G1 special at the Cow Palace on Access TV, uh, facing Cody at Access, a lot of good stuff. So uh, really one of the more insightful interviews that Kenny, that I've ever heard Kenny do, and certainly not because of me, but because he was in a, he, he was probably rested, and, and I just let him flow, let him go, and we had a real good conversation. I got scolded the other day by somebody here that because I, I interrupted somebody else on a podcast. It's, uh, it's hard to do a telephone interview. Uh, on a, one of these, one of these interviews, when you're in, you're in one area, they're in another. So uh, I will work on that, but there's no art form unless you do it. You just have a lot of dead air, and you can still do that and edit and tighten it up. I get all that. So nonetheless, uh, good show, Kenny Omega. But now, ladies and gentlemen, because you know that you need it, you know that you want it, and you know, as they say at the Alamo Plaza Hotel in Lake Charles, I gots to have it. Here's what's on my mind. Take a quick look at Monday Night Raw. Uh, it was a 
kind of challenging to watch for me because I was here in the in in Scotland, and the show comes on so damn late live that I uh, had a challenging time uh, finding it. And then I was already been up all day. It was challenging, but I got up early, early here on Tuesday morning and went through it hook, line, and sinker. So I'm I'm versed on what I liked, and I li- I'd rather tell you what I liked or I thought was that worked for me as opposed to. Uh, every nitpicking little thing that I didn't like. So that's how I looked at it. I, I thought that starting to show off, I wasn't surprised that the show started off with a, a nice acknowledgement to uh, Vader, uh, Leon White, who passed away uh, about a week ago now. And uh, I thought that was tasteful, well done. And I see that the, uh, the, the tape that was somewhere around 1990, maybe a little earlier, uh, in the Tokyo Dome featuring Vader, and Stan Hansen was the match that I saw and Jim Cornette and I talked about and brought those two guys in uh, from the WCW Booking Committee days. Uh, so it's, it's floating around. I think New Japan World has it, uh, one of their uh, classics. It's been on, on YouTube forever, but it's worth a look if you get a chance to take, check it out. Vader and Hansen beat the holy hell out of each other. Isn't that a little bit oxymoronic? Is there such thing as a holy hell? I don't think so. I'll come up with something else. Uh, but nonetheless, good start and, and remembering Leon, who, who really was one of a kind boy. I'm thinking this Bobby Lashley thing, Mary, seemingly marrying Lashley to Lesnar, or attempting to, is, is a, something I'd, I'd enjoy seeing the match. But I don't like the fact that, you're, that the commentary uh, is, or the, and the talent's creative doesn't put Bobby in a position that he deserves to be in. It's almost as if he, his MMA career was an afterthought because he has not fought in USC. He's got a 15-2 record as an MMA fighter. And, and he's, he's, had a, he's got a great background as an amateur wrestler. So I just think that uh, it makes Lashley a more imposing figure. It makes him more of a threat to whomever he wrestles if his MMA background is uh, underscored and acknowledged in that positive manner. I didn't get that on Monday night, at least in my opinion. The Lesnar contract snag, interesting storyline twist, I think. I'm not sure when Lesnar's contract is up. I'm assuming it's after SummerSlam, but I don't know. Uh, I know that uh, if it would behoove WWE, as it would any of us, if you had a guy like Lesnar to, to get him renewed and get him on the stay on the roster, even if he's going to go back to USC and have a big money fight with somebody. You know, the rumor has it, well, the, the – the USC's would love to have a John Jones, Brock Lesnar fight. And there's issues with the USADA and the, and the, and the testing and all that stuff with both guys have got to adhere to some sort of protocol to get that license, get it, to make that happen. So, uh, who would not like to watch that fight? I'd love that. I'd love to attend it. I'd love to, I'd buy it and tape it. I mean, that's classic stuff. Uh, Lesnar and Jones, if it happens. And I don't know that that's a, f- a fight that favors, they say, you know, styles. I think I don't think that's a good style for Brock to deal with, with Johnny Jones. But we'll see. I, heard, I did hear a rumor of $25 million being talked about in that fight. And I don't know if that was for Jones or for Lesnar or what. But uh, it's big money. Put it that way. Big, big money. Lesnar should take the fight if that's what he wants to do. He should make the money while he can. Uh, he's got a young family. And God almighty, please don't give that sad story about, oh, he's got plenty of money. How the hell do you know he's got plenty of money? Do you do his taxes? You work his expense reports out? I don't think so. You never have enough money. As long as you keep all your other priorities right in, in order. 
So I'd like to see that. I like the contract snafu thing. But here's a, here's another play for you. What about Heyman? Where's Paul Heyman standing in all this? Heyman and Brock are so uh, hooked, so joined at the hip, if you will. I can't see Lesnar being uh, uh, managed or, or uh, in, involved with anybody but Heyman. And right now, I don't see anybody involved with Heyman but Lesnar. So it looks to me like they're a package deal in some shape, form, or fashion. So I'm anxious to see where that contract issues go uh, with Heyman and with uh, Brock going forward. They're great assets. They're even better together in my estimation. And if somebody's thinking, well, well, what about they could make Ronda heel and put Heyman with her and everything would be all great. And you might be right. But I don't want that to happen at the expense of losing Lesnar. That makes no sense. See, if you can have them both, if you can have both Rousey and you can have Lesnar as well, I'm going for that deal. I thought Finn Balor showed a nice side of his personality on Monday night, had that little uh, interaction, verbal interaction with the the constable, which I'm kind of starting to like that character a little bit. Uh, I'm sure glad uh, that Corbin got a haircut. God bless him, man. He was follically challenged in a big way, and now I don't look at his hair as a negative or it doesn't distract me. Uh so Balor, nice personality, good comedic timing, still probably undervalued. It could be used a little better, but you could probably say that about a lot of guys. And they could say even more about that too. I could be used better. It's always the case in a creative process. You can get used better. I could be in the main event every night. Yeah, sure you could. I could win every match. Yeah, you could, of course. I could make millions of dollars. Absolutely. Because it's not quite as simple as that. But Balor looked, uh, did a nice job. He's, always, he's been always an amazing talent. I'll be in the Balor country uh, at the end of the week in Ireland. Uh, I'll see my old friend Paul O'Brien there, too, my writing partner. We'll start talking about Slobberknocker, too. And I guess, by the way, we have Slobberknocker books. We sold a lot of books on Monday night in, uh, in Glasgow. We thank the folks for coming, and I enjoyed signing their books and hearing their stories and everything. I got scolded a little bit because I was taking too much time with the VIP people. I'm always going to do that. You just, have to, you just have to leave more time because I'm not going to rush anybody through a line. They worked too hard to get there. And they spent too much money to come, and I'm not going to be the guy that's going to treat them like a herd of cattle. Uh, I like the Bailey-Sasha Banks uh, business because, as I have said here on many occasions, there's so many titles. They're somewhat watered down in every, every promotion. They have essentially too many titles everywhere you look. The more you have, the less they mean. It's just common sense. It's just logical. So uh, the fact that Bailey and Sasha have such a strong personal issue, that their friendships in, in, in jeopardy, you know, was, was there always an ulterior motive? Was there were they really friends, or was it a facade? Were they friends because they were? It was convenient. There's a lot of great questions, but it's all a personal issue, and people at home can identify more closely with personal issues than they can being the women's champion. I think Mojo Raleigh's uh, character is just starting to find its way. It's like walking down a long, dark tunnel and getting seeing some light at the end, and all of a sudden, but this big son of a gun has kept persevering and working hard. He's got a great work ethic. For some reason, he reminds me of a young Mid-South, a big, athletic, rugged, hacksaw Jim Duggan, that big old lineman from the NFL that had his – this time in the NFL, and then boom, all of a sudden he finds himself looking for another career, and it happens to be in wrestling. I like Mojo's upside. I think he's got a 
this has got to find the right persona. Get you got to touch the right people. Uh, get the right rubs. Maximize his minutes when he's in there. But uh, don't count this kid out because, again, it's one of the reasons I like to recruit uh, mainstream athletes. You can measure him on so many fronts. You can talk to all of his coaches. You know he's got a great pedigree. He's got the good DNA. You can. It's all been tested. And they know we know. In other words, we know what kind of athlete he is. What kind of man the locker room he is. I find him to be extremely professional, and I like the kid. So I think he's going to do well, and I'll, at least I hope he does well. He's All the tools are there. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, in the old days of the territories, Mojo Raleigh would have been a Russian and or some Eastern Bloc enemy, perceived enemy, because he looks Eastern European, and he looks like a heel in the old days. But uh, good dude. Uh, I wasn't overwhelmed. I, I thought the last two matches were excellent by the way, a Monday night. But I wasn't enamored with one ending on a count out, one ending on disqualification. I am of the mindset in today's world that uh, excessive use of disqualifications and count outs water down the effect that you're looking for when a match is over. And, you know, it's like having uh, you get almost 28 minutes of wrestling time with uh, Rollins challenging Ziggler for the Intercontinental title. You know that uh, Big uh, Big Drew McIntyre is going to be involved, so that's not a surprise. But then to have it end uh, on a on a disqualification uh, to me was a little bit flat. If the match had been average and they had done a DQ and it was it was still going to be flat, but it wouldn't have much the the impact would not have been there for me because I thought those two dudes had a hell of an outing, really uh, out strong strong effort. And look, we all know Ziggler can go. We all know Ziggler has rarely has a bad match. He's like a he's like a Shawn Michaels in that respect. Body type, athleticism, instincts, whole nine yards. Uh, and Rollins has found a he's got into his his zone right now. So what we're seeing here as fans, we're looking at to see two guys that are hot, and they're hot bell to bell. They seem to be healthy, and they kicked ass, no doubt about it. But I think the emotion of that that rivalry between those two dudes would have been more profound if the fans would have been angry that Ziggler and his big uh, buddy uh, did the business to uh, the challenger, Seth Rollins. So uh, that's that's kind of all I think about that. I, I just I love the match. I love the way it was laid out. It was produced well, shot well, whole nine yards. Just the finish let the air out of my sails a little bit. And then the uh, tag match prior to that, uh, same thing. I just believe that in today's world, there's so much knowledge out there. I think some fans are let down when they see a disqualification or a count out that they, that they might think that there's a better way. Well, I've always believed that there's always a better way to do a finish rather than a count out or disqualification, even though I understand it had, they had their place. I get it. But they were more having their place back in the territory days when guys wrestled on TV virtually every week and they played in the same towns every week on the same night of the week. That whole model has been blown up and, and probably for good things. Uh, but it's just I think some of those old traditions can change. Uh, so there's my thoughts on the show. Good, solid show. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, the folks that watch it live here in the UK, God, they may be the greatest fans in the whole world. That time of the morning, it's like 2 a.m. here, I think. So, anyway, it's late. And I was up. I was up. You know, Raphael, we were up. He pulled an all-nighter at his hotel, and I pulled one here. We just, there wasn't no sleep. 
So sleep on the train. My dad, sleep when you're dead. Uh, it seemed like the one, the one thing I will say, and I, somebody asked me this on Twitter, at JRSBBQ, by the way. I'd love for you to follow me. Uh, I'll try to entertain you there. Uh, I thought the overall theme of the show was mistrust among tag team partners. You know, it, this, there was, people couldn't get along. Can't we all just get along? Well, uh, so I'm thinking that that either was uh, coincidental or it's uh, likely a, uh, a part of a backstory. People can't get along. So that's what I'm thinking. Uh, uh, but in any event, it's unique that they had so much of that on one show for not to be part of a storyline, in my opinion. I have no idea what it is, but nonetheless, that's my take on it. Uh, moving on, congratulations to Ray Mysterio. Ray is uh, involved again with WWE 2K19, that great video game. Uh, it will be out in October. This fall will be out. Uh, encourage you to check that out. He's a, he's a bonus character, and, he, and he, he's involved a bunch of other superstars in a really cool, uh, slick-produced commercial that we saw on uh, Monday night. So good stuff. Good stuff there, and congratulations to Ray. That's something goodness about as ubiquitous as Chris Jericho. He's able to pop up anywhere. Also, I want to uh, mention, of course, that we're here from Kenny. That's uh, New Japan weekend in San Francisco, the Cap House. really shaped to be special. There are tickets available, I'm told, at Ticketmaster.com there in the Bay Area. I did a cool interview there the other day with some guys and uh, some good dudes, Baby Hood and their crew. And uh, we started talking about uh, my, my uh, fandom of the Bay Area Bombers. When I was a kid, man, it was, a, it was, my, it was my, my prime time in my television life. At uh, 4 o'clock was roller derby, and at 5 o'clock was wrestling. I was in, I was in uh, make-believe sports heaven. Loved it. Charlie O'Connell. He was the John Wayne of roller derby. Hardly ever lost a fight. When he, if he did, though, oh, look out, baby. Somewhere before this night, day, this day is over. Big Charlie, we get his revenge. And Cavello. Bobby Heenan told me a fantastic story involving he and some other people and involving Ann Cavello. That I, someday I may have the courage to tell it, but it was a dandy. But the bottom line is this. Uh, Ann Cavello was, quote, unquote, one of the boys. She was funny, cigar-smoking, whiskey-drinking, kind of a, a, a May Young-type uh, figure, bigger than life. And so they had some great characters, like the old territory days of wrestling. Same basic, same basic uh, uh, background, same basic premise. So anyway, uh, going to be a big event there. So if you if you haven't got tickets, then check it out at, at Ticketmaster.com. I also saw online where uh, the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, are doing like a Q and A the morning of the show there in San Francisco. Check out the Observer for that. That could be a fun uh, Saturday morning for you. Uh, and by the way, the Kenny Omega Okada match that uh, we've been, we're going to talk about with Kenny today, and you, we've all heard about, and some, many of you have seen, uh, is uh, going to air in its entirety on the Friday night before uh, San Francisco, which will be July the 6th, two-hour special. And that, before that will be Jericho and Nido, and they did beat the dog out of each other. It was amazing. So check it out. My friends at Access TV doing a great job in helping build the brand of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They probably, quite frankly, don't get the the uh, credit that they deserve speaking of access tv uh they've done a great job in that so uh check that out ring of honors uh, best in world pay-per-view uh is going to be this friday 
in Baltimore. Check that out on the Fight app. Be a good show. Reloaded with really good talent now. Some good, the good kids. Some of those kids that are hot and, and they're in their era. And you want to check that out. F I T E. Fight like you mean it is the app. It's a free app. It's a good one, and uh, it works. Bottom line, as Stone Cold would say, it works. So good luck to Ring of Honor on that situation. I, I've been. T- I told Bubba Dudley the other day on the Bust Open Radio Show that I needed more information for Ring of Honor. If I had it, I'd certainly be happy to promote their products. Bubba said he'd take care of it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to argue with Bubba, those calves. I think Bubba's a member of the mafia. I think somewhere down the road, he's, there's a little Tony Soprano in his ass. And I think that's a pretty good thing, actually. So Ring of Honor, check them out. Men and women trying to make a living, that's all. Hey, they're going to be a part of the Jericho Cruise. Get this clever little, little, little name. The Sea of Honor. Are you kidding me? The Sea of Honor. I'm saying that's, that's, it's just a little corny. Come on. It, the matches will be great. Hey, the Impact guys and the Ring of Honor guys all on the boat could be a big bar fight. It could be almost as big as uh, Dick the Bruiser and Alex Karras in 1960s uh, Detroit. Make headlines all over, the, all over the seas. The seven seas have never seen anything like the Sea of Honor. ChrisJerichoCruise.com has that information. And, man, this is a – hey, oh, Chrissy bankroll this thing, man. He's put everything in this deal. And I am proud of his entrepreneurial abilities, but I'm, I'm more proud of the fact that right now he's selling lots of, lots of cabins. So the cabins are they're getting limited. So if you're, And there's payment plans. They'll make it where you can go. Put it that way. Chris uh, is ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Check that out. And the Ring of Honor boys will be there. Uh, remember All In. I think here's the thing. I think All In is going to make it. If they don't make this announcement what I'm, this week or sometime soon, that they're going to have a live stream of some sort for All In on September 1st. When we had Don Callis on the show a couple weeks ago, Don alluded to the fact that he's been asked to come there and provide color. So I assume that without him saying it, that they're going to have a, a live stream, as they should. Hey, can you imagine if they keep this, if they do a pay-per-view, let's say they make it nine ninety-five, pull a number out, six ninety-five, they'll do well. There's enough people around the world that are curious. They've got a great card. It's almost like a team effort. It's almost like a, a, a team unity thing, where uh, these, this 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 event's taking a pulse and a heartbeat of its own, and that goes uh, to the credit of the guys. The biggest heartbeat of all have the vision to do it. Uh, and Cody Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Good job, guys. You're building something cool. Uh, what else have I got to talk about? Oh, the uh, Undertaker's returning to the ring. We know he's going to be this fall in Australia, wrestling Triple H, which I would, I would be happy to fly to Australia on Vince's dime, of course, and call that match for nothing because they're two of my favorite guys over my years and my tenure in the front office there. They're still friends to this day. So anytime you can be a part of something like that, I'm old school. It still means something to me. It's just not another booking. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. No talk about it. And the other thing, I don't. I, make, I might want to shut my mouth because it would be right in the middle of OU football season. Just scratch everything I just said. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, uh, but that's going to be cool. Uh, Taker and Ronda Rousey on the same night. Now, if that don't sell out, I don't know what does. That's pretty damn good. So that's going to be a fun card. And uh, what else is on my mind? Oh, uh, remember, uh, MLW.com has all the information you need 
for everything that they're doing in Queens or anywhere else in the damn world. Uh, and so uh, that's a neat thing. And MLW.com, they're on the uh, BN Sports Network on Friday nights. And uh, we can tell you that our friend Carlos, you freshly known as Conan, friends call him Carlos, is coming out of retirement, ladies and gentlemen, to compete along with Kevin Sullivan. The, yes, that Kevin Sullivan, not the TV editor. I'm talking about the Taskmaster, who's, who will be residing on an island somewhere off the coast of Washington until the night of the show. No kidding. Uh, Sully will be there. He's good. All, hey, and these young guys are going to be booked on that card. You ought to pull Kevin Sullivan aside and, and get some wisdom. He's got a lot of it, and, he, and he's willing to share it. Uh, so uh, you should listen if you get an opportunity to, to sit under that learning tree. Because as Ernie Ladd would say, I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. And uh, oh, Sully's a dandy. Great psychologist, man. He was a he was a guy that was probably 5'8", that would wrestle every heavyweight, every big guy in the business because Kevin was thick and stocky, and people believed he was crazy and a bad MFer. I said he was the long-lost cousin of Whitey Bulger in Boston. I don't know if that's funny or not, but I kind of thought it was. Obvious tongue-in-cheek. So any of Whitey's family that's out there listening, I was only kidding. My feet will not fit in these cement shoes. So uh, that's there's what's on my mind on that situation. Is there anything else here that I promised somebody I'd promote? I don't think so. I think we got everything. Oh, uh, and we know we're coming. The king and I. Did you see the king is, is now single? Ladies, look out! I was so tongue in cheek the other day when I said that Chris Jericho hired Lawler and I to go be the MCs on the on the uh, uh, on the cruise. It's like hiring Larry Flint and Hugh Hefner as the chaperones for your senior prom and lo and behold the king's available ladies so uh what a what a it, what a side it may be you just never know what's going to happen what a side it may be on the seven seas uh, for that bottom line is mlw is growing they got a unique product they got some good athletes court bauer and his group uh sir alex greenfield doing a good job check them out there are wrestling companies trying to grow and give guys a place to work mlw.com tony shivani's the voice uh rich Pacini's a voice they got good people and they're trying hard to entertain you so isn't it worth if you're a fan to give them a shot why not right why not uh Speaking of giving a, a, a shot to a brand, how about Impact Wrestling? They're getting better. I think Don, as he said on the show, you know they got some ideas on who they want as their top nucleus, and they got to rebuild that roster. You got to have the roster the way you want it to execute your plans. You really do. Uh, I can tell you that from experience. But I can tell you also that they signed Eli Drake, and that's a good move for them. I had a, I did a show with Eli Drake uh, in Texas not too long ago for uh, Jerry Bostic's. Uh, uh, his, his version of the world-class brand. Uh, and I uh, was really impressed with him. He, he, he was at our little seminar. He paid attention. He listened. He, he wanted to know more, and I think he's got a big upside. So that's a good signing for Impact. Eli Drake, and you can catch him on Pop TV on Thursday nights in the States, that is, and uh, other places. And I was kidding about Conan. Conan is on this network. He's got a great podcast, Keeping It 100. And he's going to be in this the battle riot match. Now I don't. I've never seen a battle riot. I don't know the rules to battle riot, but it sounds like a little bit of a 
survival Royal Rumble-ish something. It's a multi-multi-person match. I'm assuming there can only be one winner. So depending on when guys come in, this you know you never know. So I'm, I'm pulling for Carlos and, and uh, Sullivan, the old timers. What the hell? You think I'm crazy? Uh, and uh, I, we have had a great time here in, in uh, for Kenny uh, McIntosh. We had the greatest Kentucky Fried Chicken for catering, and, and I asked for Nando's. And I, they come back and said, well, Nando's burnt down. <laughs> That's not funny, but and so they brought us KFC. Oh, what a novel idea. There's not only a KFC in every corner in America. I will tell you this, though. I'm a big KFC coleslaw fan uh, and, and, and the state's coleslaw. The coleslaw in the state's the coleslaw that I had here from KFC ain't going to make the team. Sorry, you're gone. You're unbooked. As the Cowboys said, the most powerful weapon in wrestling, the eraser. That's why those old bookers never booked with, with a pen. I never saw a great booker or any booker. McGurk would scribble notes. And he was blind. Watts always used a pencil. Every, Dusty, pencil. Because it was easy to change. That was the nature of the beast. Erase it and it's gone. Uh, so we're going to be in... Uh, Wednesday night in Birmingham, in Limerick, Ireland, and on Friday night, Saturday night, in Galway, and I'm flying home Sunday from uh, Dublin, I believe. It's be home Saturday, Sunday. Man, I'm getting ready to do a lot of work at my house. I got finally got the courage. You know, my the grieving process when you lose somebody you love is takes a lot of shape. There's no manual, right? And I've gone through this thing, and I probably had, I probably should have gotten some psychological help last year, and I didn't do it. And I, I struggled through whole school, you know, John Wayne here, a bit of stick and took the bullet out. Well, now I'm feeling better and uh, I'm trying to live and have a good time. So one of my projects in that, in, in that saying that is that I'm, I'm going to build myself an outdoor kitchen. I'm going to rebottle my pergola uh, and I'm going to put misters out there because it's so damn hot. A big 65-inch TV outside. Some of my buddies come over for the night football games on Thursday night or uh, Friday night or after the OU game on Saturday, and then on Sunday, we got a place, refrigerator, grill, whole nine yards. So I'm going to do that because my, my, I can entertain my kids, my neighbors, my family, my buddies, and it's good. And then when I'm gone on this proverbial back nine of life, my, uh, the, my home will have more value and my kids can fight over it. It's all great. It's a wonderful story. Uh, so there's an update from the home and garden section of this program. And don't forget, uh, Kenny's Inside the Ropes, insidetheropes.co. C-O, they wanted to say. InsideTheRoast.co.uk. Or is it InsideTheRoast.co.uk? It's a mystery here. You'll figure it out. They have. They can tell you where there's tickets left and where there's not, what time the starts, what time the meet and greets are, everything. So it's fun. I had a lot of fun doing that, to, uh, as I said, on Monday night. And I'm coming back to England, to London, uh, on uh, July the 27th, 28th, and 29th. I would miss my oldest daughter's birthday, uh, but uh, Daddy will get her a nice gift. <laughs> it won't be the first birthday I missed. She's just taking it just fine. I'll be at the London Film and Comic Con. First time ever for me there. And check out their website and how you can we can get together. Uh, I'll be there all three days. And some real nice Some of my friends will be there. I think Gail Kim's going to be on that card. And, I, she's, and I, you know, I've said this before. She's my favorite all-time female wrestler in a story. Except for Mildred Burke. I never met her. So, you know, we're still working that script for the Mildred Burke movie. 
Uh, I should be getting a script in the next uh, couple, three weeks. Then it starts the shopping process. But it's got some. It's got a heartbeat. And we had this written on this by Jeff Lane, the book Queen of the Ring. We bought the rights to the film, and uh, so we're working on that. And that should be something that it's actually going to be really, you know, this with the, with the the women's issues against the Harvey Weinstein's of the world and with the popularity of women's athletics, the, rich, the massive ratings that the College World Series achieved, uh, you know, the women's uh, revolution in, in pro wrestling is amazing. I went Monday night to a show uh, in, uh, here in, in uh, Glasgow at the, uh, it's called Fierce Females of Glasgow, creatively enough. And I had a great time. Had a little dive bar. They had a little bar there. Small crowd, probably 150 people. Everybody had a great time. Had a great time. So I want to thank them for their hospitality on Monday. And saw a lot of women that worked hard. And I remember uh, Aisha Raymond that was in the May Young Classic, about six two or three. She's really improved her game, and she's going to Japan this uh, weekend to stay for I think a month or two months to uh, work and and train. That'll really be good for her. She's a really athletic. 6'2". You don't find attractive women of color that are 6'2 or 3 and that can move. She has all those tools. She just has to put her game together and that's going to take some more time. But uh, We enjoyed seeing her. She didn't wrestle. She wrestled on that card on Monday night. Uh, Viper, who was also in the May Young Classic, uh, had a match and she's really good. I don't know why she's not signed. But there may be a reason. There's a reason. Now everybody said, well, it's, it's got to be political. There's got to be dirt. God damn it, if it's not dirt, I ain't going to listen to it. Oh, my boy, I love the dirt. Well, I don't know the reason. It's not her talent. I can tell you that because I watched her wrestle Monday night, and she's really good. Uh, so uh, a lot of fun there, and thanks those folks for their hospitality. Good cold beer. I had, uh, I had, uh, I had uh, local beer, and I had enough of them to sample it very well. So I can tell you guys, it was good. It's hard to beat free cold beer in my estimation. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my mind. Well, before we get to Slobberknocker of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this about Quip. You know, I've got some great sponsors here on this program. And every time that I can use a product to test it out, to see how I like it, to see if it's going to, if it's everything the manufacturer and the company says it is, before I try to sell it to you guys, uh, I use. And I've been using this Quip toothbrush for quite some time now. For starters, folks, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes. Uh, and while just packing the right amount of vibrations to help you clean your teeth. Uh, its built-in timer helps you clean for dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. How ingenious is that? You can't screw this up. And for kids, oh, it teaches them how to brush their teeth correctly. And let me tell you something. If you can brush kids' teeth correctly... Uh, and it saves you dental bills? Thank me later. Uh, Quip has a subscription plan that's really cool. And they're, the plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Wherever you listen to this and you want to try this great toothbrush, worldwide free shipping. Quip also comes with a amount that uh, suctions right into your mirror and uh, unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you may take your teeth. I brought my teeth with me on this tour, every single one of them. 
None stayed at home. They all wanted to ride. And I got my Quip toothbrush here. Because I get, I want, dental hygiene is important for all of us. So, uh, and finally, this is the best of the whole deal. This is so true. Everybody loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List. That's good. Named one of the Time Magazine's best ever inventions. And is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. That's high praise. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every single day. So here's the deal. There's always a deal, right? Here it is. Quip starts out at just $25. That's all. And if you go to Quip.com slash Ross right now, you get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. It is a great deal. It starts at only 25 bucks. Go to Quip.com slash Ross right now and get your first refill pack free with a Quip electronic toothbrush. Quip. It's wonderful. Remember that Quip starts out at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Ross right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. Hell of a deal. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Ross. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Ross. It's a good one. The Slobber Knocker of the Week has a very diverse group of candidates, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's, uh, it's very eclectic, to say the least. Uh, certainly, again, I mentioned the uh, fierce females of Glasgow. Check them out, man. You know, these women have got promotion. These guys are working hard. The promoters doing helping the ring crew. I mean, it's one of those old school, all hands on deck things I love and adore that, that feeling. It drew me to the business. Hell, I was a ring crew guy. Haul the ring refereed and it's all part of my journey man i wouldn't trade it for nothing i learned things every day in that job you should have seen a look on the folks face and i said i had never slept with two 600 pound women before or yet <laughs> but i have showered with two 600 pound men the mcguire twins and those of you who have read my book sovereign knocker my life and wrestling you know all about that it was a, not a pretty sight they were naked 600 pound naked twins Whew. Uh, so anyway, uh, thanks to those folks there again for their hospitality. Uh, I got a lot of offers to do uh, voiceovers for uh, Harry Kane's. Uh, uh, he's a captain of the English World Cup team, the England team, the national team, and he had a hat trick against Panama, and that's pretty cool. But you know, it's like like one of some some of my bites involving Kane got replayed here, there, and yon. That's Kane's music, whatever. So, Harry Kane, congratulations. Uh, hat trick, lad. Good stuff. And, boy, he's, he's a hero here right now in this part of the world. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that uh, ABC is rebooking the Roseanne show. They just, it's just going to have a new top baby face. And it's, they're going to move it around the lineup. They're going to create some compelling issues that are personal-based because you got to explain why Roseanne's gone. Did she die? Did she run away with a milkman? What happened? Did she find a girlfriend? I don't know. Could be anything. But it's going to be dramatic and it's going to be a reason. It's going to be a reason that people can relate to. That's the theme of that show that talking about everyday problems and issues that most folks can identify with. So I applaud ABC 
for the decision to continue a, a rebooted show that was a hit. It was a hit. And yes, Roseanne Barr was a major part of that success, obviously, hence the name Roseanne. That's Hell, even I can figure that out. But don't think that that cast is coming from uh, barren shells. This is stars on that show. Big time stars. So I want to watch it. I want to watch it and hear what political message they subliminally are, ta- are talking about. Uh, and and I want to see how that cast uh, meshes and how they rise to their occasion. Look, they got to keep their jobs, man. So the bottom line is Roseanne will come back on the air. The staff, the actors, the technicians have jobs. And that's a good thing. So, uh, I, again, congratulate ABC for making that call. But, ladies and gentlemen, the slobber knocker of the week. The first time that he has won this award on this prestigious podcast. And great and lavish prizes could be coming his way. The slobber knocker of the week is none other than Stone Cold. Stone Cold! Stone Cold Steve Austin. Arguably the greatest WWE superstar of all time in the eyes of many. He pulled the wagon during the Attitude Era and uh, set up records that may be very challenging to ever break and you know we didn't he didn't play on that team by himself you know you had a guy named the rock who was pretty damn auspicious himself but the bottom line is yeah you see how i did what i did there the bottom line is that uh it was 22 years ago just about this time that steve uh coined the austin 316 phrase austin 316 so i just whipped your ass or after he had defeated Jake the Snake Roberts in 1996 uh, King of the Ring match. Michael Hayes was holding the microphone. If you get a chance to watch that back, Michael had, had he, he got, he was Doc Hendrickson, I think. That was one of his incarnations. And he had a short haircut, uh, which was another story behind that. And uh, the look on Michael's face when Austin said that was like, oh, my God, don't. Don't incriminate me. I didn't tell him to say it because <laughs> it was way off the off the rails. But the, some, it was organic. Nobody wrote it. He didn't rehearse it. He felt it and he said it. And it worked. And the people that heard it knew he meant it. That's why those interviews like that uh, are so missed by and large in our whole industry. So uh, the Slobber Knock of the Week. The prestigious award goes to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve, your gifts will be coming soon. Well, pretty soon. Apparently they have a pet raccoon to come into the pet. Oh, son of a bitch! Well, 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 look what time it is, folks. It's, uh, it's, uh, Stu Hart, uh, here, uh, talking about the, uh, pet coon, uh, Goosey. You know, I had a, I had a, I had a cat one time that had big nuts. It was pet coon Goofy. That's good, Stu. Good to see you again, buddy. God bless you. Pet Coon Goofy time. Uh, well, first of all, anybody that's traveling this summer, good luck. Here's what I suggest for you airline travelers. Revise your travel and go by car. My God, what a cluster. What a cluster. I get to Chicago, and I go to gate K-19 on American. I got to take a bus from to one terminal to the other. Okay, that's not a big deal, except... 
For all those international flights leaving the one terminal to go out to Terminal 5 in Chicago, they had one bus. One bus. And then in the middle of the process, because it became the driver's break time, union driver, break time. And I'm not knocking the union, but that was the reason we were told. They buried, they buried the union. The union got thrown on the bus, and everybody got heat with the driver. So I, I go out the terminal, take another bus, had to go through security again, and to get to my my flight and uh, of which i barely made my, my you know that connection then i fly to london heathrow nightmare city paul Heyman's suplex city nightmare city aka london heathrow it is it sucks it took me an hour to get through a customs because they're shorthanded people there were working hard i ain't knocking them but the system is so flawed man so flawed american didn't get back to me on that issue you know uh the everybody said well we you know we it's bad here at heathrow it's so bad that i went to get my bags and uh it took me an hour to get my bags through security so therefore i missed my connection to glasgow and i had to sit in the airport four more hours and i got there middle of the afternoon on sunday bad travel day point being is this kids leave yourself plenty of time i know this just sounds old-fashioned old school jesus christ you're already killing me i'm just telling you for your own good if you don't go with plenty of time and have plenty of time for your connections uh you know shame on you and you can bitch about it like i do all the time too it's not fun uh i i saw this thing here about the red hand there in virginia refusing to serve uh sarah huckabee sanders and uh because she works for the president of the united states according to them at the red the red hen now look i i'm not a big i'm not a political political at all as a matter of fact i'd say 90 percent of the politicians i'll give the other 10 percent just a reasonable doubt because i i can't name one right now off the top of my head that i trust public servants have kind of gone by the wayside folks it's not the days of walt disney anymore and the, everybody watching tv on sunday nights and hanging out family values it's now pol- politics is a big job and then uh, being a, a you know lobbyist or whatever you have guys we have a guy running for office in oklahoma that's never had a job outside the public sector or private sector ever he's always worked for the government so point being is i don't have a lot of confidence in these yahoos but even though i i'm not a major fan of sarah huckabee sanders because i think she could smile more i think her look sometimes uh, uh doesn't do her any favors she's a, I'm not talking about her weight so don't really go crazy here i'm not fat shaming sarah huckabee sanders i'm just saying that she will sometimes she could learn that she smiled occasionally and and maybe chuckled every now and then that people might receive her message a little bit more readily that's all she's always seemingly on the defensive every time she's on television and it gets a little you wonder what the hell are you hiding kind of like uh trump's kids his daughter ivanka and her uh, other her son her husband making the two of them making about what 200 million last year i think the young lady made 80 something she made more money than made as much money as a rock what is her what is her job description a topic for another day hence i don't trust politicians but the red hen should not have uh been rude to miss uh sanders and her party they had they served them appetizers then they decided after talking to the staff we don't want to serve these people you got to be kidding me well i can tell you this they probably don't give a shit and nor do i whether i like trump or anybody else 
I don't like people that that uh, don't let you. They don't want to serve people. And I know they all oh, we got the right to this free service. Anybody, blah blah blah. I get it. It's just a it's a weak ass move. But the red hen got some publicity. Hence me talking about it. But they'll never get my dollar. Adam Schefter, ESPN uh, gossip man. I think Adam Schefter is like the Dave Meltzer of the NFL. He's plugged in, uh, really plugged in. Kind of like Jay Glazer at Fox, you know, that, the gossip guy, the inside guy, the dirt guy. He says that the in the NFL is getting ready to suspend Jameis Winston, the starting quarterback, three games, starting the season, for violating the league's personal conduct policy in relation to an allegation uh, regarding an Uber driver and some other things. First of all, I hear that Jameis was drunk and they, his buddies threw him in an Uber to get him back to the hotel or wherever. That they're not good friends. They're not friends at all. And I bet he had more money than anybody, all the crew there. He'd probably bankroll the whole damn night. Drinks on Jameis. So I just think that uh, they, the, the Tampa Bay has got to be saying, what the hell have we gotten ourselves into? Well, this is our leader. He's a Florida State guy. He's a state guy in Tampa. Now, it's really, it's really uh, disconcerting. And, and Jameis needs to grow up. If you're listening to me, Jameis Winston, I know you're a wrestling fan. You might be listening to this podcast. But for the love of God, man, will you mature and become a man and drop a set and become the leader of your football team? You're being paid a small fortune to not just throw the ball and be uh, be gregarious and and, uh, and and elusive and, and, and great sound bites. They're paying you part of that big money to be a leader. And people lead by example. And that's no damned example to lead by. You're getting another shot at it here. If you've got three games, you're not going to be with your teammates who are working their ass off to try to get this team respectable and competitive. You're not going to be contributing to any of that, but you're going to be making more money probably, I think, than anybody on the team. What the hell? So, and okay, I understand all the, the, the logistics. He's probably, he won't be paid. He's suspended. I get that. So that's another thing is how stupid things are. How much money is he losing for just being a, a, an idiot? He can't handle his liquor, apparently. And this is not as embarrassing. This is more embarrassing, quite frankly, than he's just not getting the publicity. It's more embarrassing the time he stole the crab legs at a shopping at a, at a grocery store in Tallahassee. Come on, James, you're too damn good for that man. You're too good for it. You get too many people depending on you to to conduct yourself that way. So give us a break, will you? We like you. You're you're a colorful player, but man, this ain't the way to be the leader of your football team. This week's uh, Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to. The always ubiquitous and somewhat entertaining occasionally, but it's been a long time, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold's been on some television programs claiming that he is uh, working together with President Donald Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, alleging that Cohen has given Tom Arnold, Tom Arnold has been given, allegedly, access to some incriminating tapes of the president. Really, Tom, this is it? That's what you got. That's your. That's that's going to get you back in the game. I mean, he he'll last shorter than Stormy Daniels. And so you know, and from what I understand, some of Stormy's experiences don't last long anyway. So Tom Arnold, that's like Dennis Rodman being the third man in the in the huddle for uh, the big summit in, in Singapore. Makes no sense. It's crazy. Crazy times we live in, but daggum it ain't it fun. <laughs> ain't it fun, ladies and gentlemen. 
ain't it fun? So that's it, Tom Arnold. You, sir, are pet coon goofy. We really appreciate you being with us here, folks. And don't forget to, uh, anytime you want to leave questions for us or comments or ideas, you can do it at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. That's simple. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. This week in wrestling history. Well, there's some good ones here, man. These are big memories for me. 20 years ago, if you can believe it, June 28th, 1998, ladies and gentlemen, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, King of the Ring pay-per-view. You know what's coming. The historic Hell in a Cell match between Mankind and The Undertaker that has probably spawned more uh, memes of my call than anything I've ever done in my career. It's the most memorable match that I can I can uh, recall ever. I'm not telling it's the best match because I don't know what that would be, but it's the most memorable. Uh, and I was down in Dallas the other day flying through the airport, and I told this story to some people. If you've heard it, stop me. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I hit fast forward. I'm in the, I'm in the uh, line there, the uh, priority line to board a Dallas flight. We're all lined up there waiting, and there's this guy right behind me, man. I mean, he was right behind me. I mean, he I could I could hear him breathing uh, around my neck, and I didn't like it. This is uncomfortable. He's in my space. So anyway, he's uh, I hear this voice, and he says real silently, as God is my witness, he's broken in half. For the love of God, stop the match. He's whispering this. So I said, okay, you know, that's enough. I'm a nice guy. But, you know, come on. You're embarrassing all of us. So I turn around. He's got like a 12-year-old son there. And he said, and before I can say one word, the little boy says, "Jr., I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But that's, my dad does that at home all the time, and my mom hates it. <laughs> so I uh, got that, that. The commentary on that match, some of those sound bites have, have found a place in the mind of some folks. But that was a hell of a card. Remember uh, Kane, uh, Glenn Jacobs, who's going to be the next mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. I'll be there in July, Glenn. Uh, and Stone Cold had their match for the WWF title. Austin lost, first blood match. Ken Shamrock became the king of the ring by making both Jeff Jarrett and The Rock submit. That's a big night. Now, that's how you get somebody over. They beat them. They got beat with the best. They didn't get a disqualification. They didn't win by count out. They won with their A game. It made the win something. It made the hole something. And it just complete, completed the presentation. So that, that was a big night for me. And Mick's on his, Mick Foley's on the road doing that tour, uh, his tour. And it's the last week of it, you know. So we congratulate Mick on that and always wish the best for him. On uh, 16 years ago in Manchester, New Hampshire, Monday Night Raw, this is one of my favorite matches. And I had no idea that this, this comment was going to stick because it just happened. It was the way it was. I was all into the match. But it was Undertaker and uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, WWE title in a ladder match. And I uttered something in my narrative that night along the way of climb the ladder, kid, and make yourself famous. And, man, that's another one that stuck. Uh, people, they felt it. Not, it wasn't just me. It was the moment. The moment was felt, not the words. The moment was felt. And, you, you know, I always said, the wrestlers make the music, and us announcers have got to provide the appropriate lyric. And I got lucky on that night. Climb the ladder, kid, make yourself famous. It fit, and it stuck. Big night, and all good talents, too. Isn't it funny that these guys are still wrestling? Jeff Hardy and Undertaker. Taker and Triple H. 
this fall, as I mentioned, down in, uh, down under, and take her in the garden in July. Big deal. That's, that's something. I'm, I'm happy for that. Speaking of the garden, 16 years ago on a non-TV event, this was big. The Undertaker defeated Hulk Hogan to regain his undisputed WWE title. That was in 2002. Can you imagine just the impact overall of that? If you had done it 10 years earlier or 10 years later, what that whole thing would have meant. But it meant something big then. Don't get me wrong. But Undertaker, Hulk Hogan. It's still like a, that should be a WrestleMania main event or something, right? It was at a house show in the garden. Big business. Remember that? Too. I was there that night. That was, I remember that so well. I stood in the back with, where, uh, with Vince and watched the match. And sitting beside him in those house shows in the garden, I could learn more. It was like getting a, sitting a, in a PhD class. I had more things, tangible things, taught me by listening to him critique matches or have ideas or, or just talk, talk things through than almost anything I've ever done in educationally. The only th- other thing that would, would, would rival it were those long car trips with the big cowboy where I was driving and he was shotgunning it. And when he wasn't asleep, he was preaching. And I was listening. And it worked out real good. Uh, and then 10 years ago, 2008 would be then, Monday Night Raw was in Oklahoma City, believe it or not. And uh, part of the show, uh, the note here from uh, good old Raphael says, recent SmackDown draftee Jim Ross has given a raw farewell. <laughs> That's the way we put it. It was raw, all right. Uh, world champion uh, from SmackDown. I was, I, was in, I was on that show, you know. I was the new guy. Uh, Edge mocks JR and, and has his Edgeheads, Ryder and Hawkins. Hey, how'd that Edgehead thing work out for you? <laughs> They escorted Jr. from the ring, and then Edge uh, was ranting about uh, himself, and then his old nemesis Batista comes out and gets him some, and then CM Punk comes out and gets him some more. But I was happy to help facilitate uh, that uh, storyline, and I had fun doing all those things. Well, it's birthday time. You know, if I had a morning drive radio show, I think I'd do birthdays every day because somebody's famous is born every day, right? I enjoy this. I, I enjoy this part of the show because it brings up memories and guys and folks. For example, it's John Heidenreich's 46th birthday. Old John was known for a lot of things, but probably his most infamous uh, cameo or scene in uh, WWE was when he uh, seemingly molested Michael Cole. One of the more popular stunts that the WWE ever produced. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, I don't think Michael enjoyed it too much, but I don't blame him. How would it have to be cellmates with Heidenreich? Holy God. Uh, so anyway, uh, John Heidenreich, happy birthday, big man, 46. Uh, the new UK uh, general manager for WWE, the great Johnny Saint, 77 years young. What a guy. That's off to him. Good movie. And boy, what a wrestler he was. Great psychologist. What he did was so believable, so smooth, so logical. He was a great storyteller. And his character, professionalism, has always been uh, front, above board, front and center. Another guy that these young cats can learn from if they take the time to listen. Unless they could get, get, get back on their iPod or iPad or iPhone. I ignore. Don't ignore Johnny Sink, kids. Uh, all ins and recent uh, guests of ours, Cody Rhodes, 33 years young. And I can remember when that little bastard was born. How about that? 
Old Dream was very pleased. He got another boy. He got two boys and two girls, all evened out. And uh, I'm proud of Cody. If I, if I could be his, uh, you know, guardian angel, I would, just for the dream, because I love the dream. Love his daddy. If you will, are you an assassin? Are you an errand boy? Old Cody ain't no errand boy. All in September 1st. It'll be streaming somewhere near you. And watch it if it is. The lovely Alicia Fox, one of the sexiest women to ever compete in WWE, without a doubt. Only 32. She's in her prime. I've always wondered what it was she perceived that she was missing. I don't see it. I don't see her missing anything. I think she's a big, could be a big-time talent, uh, staying healthy and so forth. She's spirited. She's you got great uh, charisma enthusiasm and a phenomenal look i follow her on facebook and she posts the most beautiful pictures i've ever seen really so uh happy birthday alicia and uh wwe hall of famer uh our own mike tyson wrestlemania 14 that was a big 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 uh get for wwe thanks to vince mike tyson was paid an awful lot of money that everybody in the world bitched about oh he he doesn't deserve it he hasn't paid his dues shut up God Almighty, a kid sitting in his basement popping pimples telling me that somebody doesn't deserve it, they haven't paid their dues. What the hell What the hell are you talking about? What dues are you referring to, son? God Almighty. Iron Mike knows more about old WWF trivia than any non-wrestling person I have ever met. He is a, but a great he'd be a great guest on various shows on the WWE network in my opinion. Really a, a interesting cat. So uh Mike's 52 years young, and he's still probably the baddest man on the planet for at least 30 seconds. And, boy, this is a good one to talk about. 74 years young. There ain't nobody like him. Oh, Ross, you son of a bitch, you fat Oklahoma bastard. Terry Funk's birthday, folks, our man. The great Terry Funk, 74 years old. He'd come wrestle for you tomorrow if you want to book him. Well, put it this way. He'd think about it anyway. (laughs) He'd give it strong consideration. Uh, I love Terry. And Terry Funk was one of the most underrated color analysts I ever worked with. Terry Funk was a classic artisan. He could be a baby face. He could be a heel. He could be the booker. He could be an announcer. He could be a manager. There's nothing in the wrestling business that Terry could not do and do it better than just about anybody. A great respect for Terry. 74 years. I hope there's 74 more. I love that man. He's a treasure to our business. And uh, just can't get enough of Terry Funk. God, Ross, you you phony bastard. You don't mean any of that. My brother, Dory, and I. Shut up. All right. Uh, oh, look, this is a nice birthday. I should deliver her present in person. Pam Anderson's 51. She was a WrestleMania guest. You remember she was in the corner of Shawn Michaels? Jenny McCarthy was in the corner of Kevin Nash on the card headlined by Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow, refereed by Pat Patterson, who was in there to call the plays. Did a hell of a job. By the way, Pat Patterson's coming to uh, uh, the U.K. for Kenny's group, Kenny McIntosh's group, Inside the Ropes, same company I'm with this week. Pat will be over here. I don't think he does many of those. That could be a real fun deal because he's got a – he knows it all, man. He's got a wealth of knowledge, great stories, and he'll sing for you. He'll sing for his supper, especially he gets to sing my way. My man, Scotty Too Hottie, he's 45. Uh, 
Scott got found his niche there with Too Cool. Got a good run. Made a couple of bucks. Got a lot of TV exposure. And a fine young man. Like Scotty Too Hotty. Always polite and respectful. Speaking of respectful and respected, uh, the legendary, my friend, Brett the Hitman Hart, is 61. I don't know, it's hard to believe, huh? Boy, he's hard. I, I compared uh, somebody the other day, some uh, New Japan nerd uh, fan got on my ass for comparing uh, Hiroki Goto to Bret Hart. Okay, no, tell me what you didn't like about my opinion about <laughs> a, 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 an issue. Goto is a fighter. He's a wrestler. He's sound fundamentally. He doesn't make many mistakes. He's always has his A game. So did Bret Hart. So maybe before some of these little geeks uh, start, you know, castrating me figuratively, then they might want to study the history of the wrestling business a little bit. Bret Hart is uh, a hell of a hand, as good as there ever, ever was. If I had a territory and I could pick four or five guys to start the territory out with, he would damn sure be one of them. Damn sure. And that would be a good topic for a show someday. Who would be your roster, JR, if you your territory? And why? I could do that. But, Brett, have, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, I'd love to get you on the show sometime and talk about old times, what you're doing now and all that. Uh, I got a lot of respect for Brett. He was really, really good to me at uh, WWE. And he didn't necessarily have to be because I was kind of new when he was kind of, you know, in that 93 time period till the Montreal thing in 97. And also, finally, our birthday wishes go out to Charles Robinson, whose tag on his car says Little Nate. Charles, big Ric Flair fan, as most of us are. And Charles has been official for WWE for a long time, and he's a fine man. He really is. Good boy. So nice to be, be good people in the wrestling business. You get to do that all the time. That's why I'm pulling for every company. Why not? And that's it for the birthdays this week, and happy birthday, everybody. Uh, before we get to the mailbag, let me remind you guys, we're all up to snuff in this uh, Alexa thing. And, you know, all you got to do if you got Alexa, uh, Amazon Alexa, that is, uh, enable the Jim Ross report skill. That's what you tell it. Then after it's been enabled, you, all you got to say is, Alexa, play the Jim Ross report. That easy. And then uh, if you have Google Home users for, for your use, Google Home, uh, all you got to do is say, okay, Google, talk to the Jim Ross report. Then, okay, Google, speak to the Jim Ross report. It's another way. So, or, okay, Google, I want to speak to the Jim Ross report. You get the message. It makes it easier, and uh, I think you could if you get a shot. I don't have one of those uh, units yet. I, maybe I should get one. It would be another, something other technical I couldn't figure out how to work. I'm helpless, man. God dang. If they had a DVR or a VCR, it'd still be flashing midnight. I had a DVR for years, maybe, maybe close to 10. It always flashed midnight. I couldn't figure out how to set the damn thing. Full disclosure. You got what you get here. You don't get somebody saying they know the story or making up bullshit. You get the truth. But somebody has been behind that door and making decisions with the most powerful people in our profession for a long time. Very blessed. Uh, mailbag here. By the way, WW Shop has been running some sales here, there, and yon on our products. I think everything's back in stock. They've been selling a lot of products for us. Uh, matter of fact, we had a great meeting in uh, Glasgow on Monday uh, with a potential distributor that would distribute around the world, everywhere, online. Uh, so we 
we're working on that thing. Rafael Morphy's going to spearhead that for, for us, our team. But it could be a big breakthrough that we've been needing. Uh, and the, the company is called Crafty Connoisseur. Check them out online. And uh, we're, we're talking business with them right now. We don't have a deal. I mean, I just, maybe I just jinxed it. Hell, I don't know. But I, I think we're going to be good. And be, they, they're going to be able to deliver anywhere. And that's really great for us. So uh, good things are happening. Good things are happening. Uh, including mail. We got a mail from Gary from Dublin. I mentioned that uh, oh, Raphael and I will be flying out of Dublin on, on Sunday morning. Uh, long-time listener and fan in Dublin, Ireland. I think uh, that an Eastbound and Down style show adapted from the tales of Smoky Mountain Wrestling will make a great comedy series. You're probably right. What wrestling personality or story do you think would make compelling a compelling motion picture or television series? Well, I know the, the perfect idea. It's called Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling. And it goes through the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, so now you can pick out your era. I think uh, there's got something to that. And of course, I'm biased, and I like the mailbox money. But there's a lot of, hey, the, there's a, if you read Blood Red Turns Dollar Green by my writing partner, the brilliant Paul O'Brien, you'll see how colorful these territories were because Paul's book uh, depicting the territory life is almost like a, a Sopranos or Suplexes. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Chad is in New Orleans. Greetings, JR. And producer Ted. Producer Ted, he'll have a T-shirt next. That's what he's, that's what he's shooting for, a T-shirt. Sending you well wishes from... Uh, down in Dubai, you in New Orleans have a question about the sound of the ring. Okay. The sound of the ring uh, has changed over the years, no doubt. It's been wired differently. There's always trying to upgrade it, maintain. I, I changed the ring when I got in talent relations, got rid of the, the, the real heavy, uh, hard ring. They call it the Andre ring or the Hogan ring, whatever, uh, and got a more bump friendly ring. But they're wondering what gives the ring its distinctive sound. It's simply how it's, how it's, constructed how the base is constructed and they and they have different acoustics they have different sounds it's like a, a different instrument so you, they don't all sound just alike but I, it's probably not a very good answer for you chad but it's the best i know uh, that each ring's got its own little personality how it sounds but uh, you want to make sure it's bump friendly on your talent because they're going to take some down bumps and of course you can get the uh questions to me at the jim ross report at gmail.com for these mailbag questions uh, Brian Whitmore wants to say he loves our show and our sauce. Well, that's good. When I got married, I gave all my groomsmen your sauce as a thank you, and and they said it was the best stuff they had ever had. All right. Congratulations, Brian. Thank you. That's a great gift idea. My question is an opinion question. The only thing in today's WWE that drives me crazy is all the baby faces smiling all the time. We just have money in the bank, and all the girls have big, beautiful smiles heading to the ring. You got Finn Balor smiling, walking to the elimination chamber. I'm no expert, but I feel their faces should reflect the situation. I agree. I agree. As there's where sometimes the entertainment crosses over and laps over the sports side. Sports entertainment's got to be a balance. And sometimes in that aesthetic world of where everybody's smiling, everybody's happy and looking pretty, uh, maybe it would be better if, they, if the expression fit the moment. So I understand what you're saying there, Brian. Makes sense to me, buddy, but. Such as, such as how it is. If you're going to fight a big fight, the other day I saw Ronda Rousey doing that. Ronda Rousey going to the ring, and there's, uh, you know, when she, had, she did the thing and she she drew through uh, Kurt Angle, she should be pissed. She should, she should come like, well, I want to see that Ronda Rousey. I want to see that Ronda Rousey on a walkout in a USC fight. I love her expression. I love her face. Uh, she has a beautiful face, but I'm certain, you know what I'm saying? The, the, you know what I'm saying? Well, so, you know what I'm saying? 
uh, she's uh, I want intensity. I want I want something that's going to compel me to really stay hooked, other than just another pretty face. So I'm with you on that deal. Greg is in Tampa, good city. Hey, if you're ever out there by the Tampa airport, go into Leroy Selman's barbecue restaurant. It's more than that now. They have barbecue. They have the best. They have. I haven't been there in a while. They have the best wings that I've had anywhere. They're smoked chicken wings. They finish on a flat top grill. Yum, yum. Really, really good. Uh, Leroy Selman's at uh, near the airport in Tampa. I'm assuming they got them at all the Leroy Selman's out there. I loved old Leroy. He's an Oklahoma boy. I, I officiated high school football when the Selman brothers were seniors in high school. And of course, Leroy went on to be the first pick of the draft, first pick ever for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, the aforementioned Jameis Winston. Boy, poor Leroy. If Leroy's still alive, he could sure set that kid under the learning tree. And then my man Gerald McCoy's down there now, and Gerald's a lot like Leroy, family-oriented. He's got to be scratching his head. What the heck's this young, this young man doing? And here's Greg's uh, question from Tampa. Selling and the lack of it seems to be more prominent in almost every match I watch. I have heard many times you and the talent you interview talk about its importance on your show, yet it seems to be largely missing. Is it stressed by WWE management or is it a lost aspect of the business in this day and age? Well, I can't speak for WWE because I'm not there to tell them what they tell their talent. I don't know. I think anybody that's a good wrestling person would encourage their talents to learn how to sell and learn how to register. Selling's an art form, yes. And a lot of talents that are younger believe that selling too much selling or they sell badly or, or they perceive to be badly makes them look weak. And it's, that's just farther, nothing can be farther from the truth. It makes them look real. So I think it's more important to look real than your ego and taking care of your ego because if you do look real, then everything's going to work out. It really is. It's reality-based television. So I don't think it's a WWE issue. I think it's a business issue. Selling. I can tell you this. You know, we've talked about this before on the show. I'm very, very happy uh, to see the the fact that the young bucks are upping their game on selling. Now, they're getting as good at selling as they are on offense and tandem offense. And that is key. So I'm uh, for, to give you an example. So I think in some circle, Kenny Omega uh, who we're talking to today here on this program uh, is a great sales. He and Okada both sold. So I think it's coming back. The guys that are smart, the guys that are main eventers, the guys that have a, a championship mentality, the guys that want to be big time know that selling is essential. And anybody that thinks selling makes you look weak should be watching more World Cup then than watching wrestling on television. It's real, man. You got to have that. And when you take it out, you're just taking out too big an element of wrestling to be able to replicate it in any other form. You just can't. It's just human nature. And by the way, uh, Greg and Tampa said he finished my book in two days. He loved it. Can't wait for the sequel. And uh, wants us to bring a show to, to Tampa. We may do that sometime. I like Tampa a lot. Uh, me and Janet, I want to move there one time. Loved it. So uh, that's the mailbag for this week, kids. Keep them coming. Keep those cards letters coming for all you chicken shut-ins. <laughs> That used to be almost like the, the national anthem for wrestling announcers at the end of the show in the old territory days. And for all you sick and shut-ins, we thank you for joining us. Until next time, so long, everybody. Uh, so uh, I'd like for you to keep sending us those questions at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. <laughs> Oh!
Okay, before we get to the Kenny Omega uh, conversation, part one, part two will be next week, obviously. Uh, just remember that the King and I will be going out on our, uh, our, our Attitude Era show, so to speak. It's JR and the King Live. We're the voices of the Attitude Era. We're going to talk about the Attitude Era or whatever else is on your mind. Uh, uncensored, wide open Q&A, autographs, uh, meet and greet, photos, the whole nine yards. And you can find out the information on that at zanies.com. So on Thursday, August 16th, we'll be at the Zanies in Nashville. And uh, on August 23rd, we're going to be at the Zanies in Rosemont in Chicagoland. So we'd love to see you there. King and I just getting this thing started. Hope it's going to work out for us. We think it will. should be very, very entertaining. And yes, ladies, the king is single. All right. So uh, Kenny Omega uh, and I chatted a few days ago. We're going to talk about a lot of things here in this interview you're about to hear, including Dominion, him winning the uh, two out of three fall match at, uh, against Okada. So much more, including the big event coming to the Cow Palace live on Access TV. So right now, here's my conversation with arguably the hottest man in the business, Kenny Omega, the IWGP heavyweight champion. I'm excited always to talk to Kenny Omega, ladies and gentlemen, because he's arguably the hottest guy in the business right now. And it's not often that any podcast uh, can be fortunate enough to get the guy. And right now... And, you know, it's an ever-changing world, as he knows. We're joined by Kenny Omega. Kenny, thank you very much for stopping by, man. Oh, thank you so much for having me for, I guess, the third time now? Yeah. Third or fourth? Yeah, wow. Yep, here yeah. we are. Yes, sir, buddy. Uh, and I will tell you that as we are recording this, I've been in Los Angeles this week at the Access TV studios where I heard you visited the other day. I did, yes. And uh, I voiced over Josh Barnett and I yesterday, uh, did the VO for your Okada match at Dominion. And I must say, you know, I'm not one of those guys that say it's the greatest match I've ever seen in my entire life because I don't know what that really means. Right. I will tell you that I can't recall ever calling a better match in my oh, career. Wow. Thank you so much. So it was an amazing story. You guys tore it up. Uh, I, I just, uh, I loved it. And, and by the way, uh, it's going to be airing soon. It's going to air the Friday night before the big show in, in the Cow Palace. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, what a what a precursor to that show. Yeah. I'm very happy the timing's going to work out for that. So yeah. that's wonderful. It's good, man. It's good. So how did you, how much thought, you know, I sold the line, uh, not the line, but the, 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 the data that, you know, you had been uh, preparing pretty hard for five weeks for this match and Okada basically the same. And, and, the, and the reality of what we do how much extra work did you do to get ready for what you knew was going to be a very exhausting matchup? Yeah, it's it's difficult because sometimes the answers and the rules and everything, the, the details are given to you. But we sort of had carte blanche. The only thing that was really set in stone was the date. We knew we had to perform this match at Osaka, and I just wanted all of the um, the variables to make sense. And I was hoping that this match could kind of provide a piece of closure to our series because it's a match that we we had to go back to it three times last year and I know that wasn't the plan it just kind of worked out that way um, but I wanted maybe so that New Japan could kind of put it to rest for a little I wanted this match to feel like it was going to be the last time you'd see it for at least a, a chunk of time and it was really the only time where we could do something the way that we did it with the three, the three, the best of three falls, because one of us had a win, one of us had a loss, and, and one of the matches were a tie. So I felt like if we were going to do something kind of outside the box 
for one of our matches. Now was really the time. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, both, both of us, of course, we're, we're down with the idea. And um, the, the preparation was, I mean, from a physical standpoint, I had sort of kind of did a complete 180. I was putting on size because I thought I'd be focusing on tags. And they suddenly, you know, dropped it on me that, hey, we're going to go back to the singles for this, for this occasion. And uh, so I think I lost something like 14, 15 pounds just to make sure I could go for what I knew was going to gonna have to be a long point of time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the rest was mental and, and doing the story and the, the series justice. How does it work there? Because every quote-unquote territory, every company, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say, has their own way of doing business internally. But I'm not asking for the farm here. I'm just curious as to, did you come up with the idea to do the two out of three fall, uh, no time limit? Was it a cumulative effort? Did Okada, obviously he 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 had a hand in this as well. He had to kind of sign off on it, so to to speak. Both of you you did. But how did the genesis of the idea uh, materialize and get us to Osaka? Right. I remember, um, I can't remember the exact date, but I remember I was in Ibushi's hometown and we were there for a show and uh, I was still kind of focusing heavily on my tags. And, uh, you know, Gato had told me that we were going to do this match and I had, you know, we had our own private rooms. It was a huge kind of venue backstage area. So sort of within my thoughts for a while as to, oh boy, we have to go back to this. It's going to be at Osaka Joe, which is kind of our number two show now of the year. I would say probably goes Tokyo Dome, Osaka Joe, and then the G1 Finals. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, I had sort of always brought something forward, something kind of special, because they really do package that show like sort of Tokyo Dome Part 2, but I didn't want to just give it another singles match. The, you know, one of the years I did the first ever ladder match for the company. The year after that I did the 60-minute draw. And though, you know, Kenny versus Okada is a special match, I didn't want to just give them another match. And, you know, I looked at her history and kind of thought of our competitiveness as sportsmen. And I figured that, you know, Okada's going to want to make up for the draw. I'm going to want to not... um, So, Oh, sorry. So he's going to want to make up for the draw, so he's going to want no time limit this time. He doesn't want there to be uh, any sort of reason to not finish the match. And then for me... Uh, kind of feeling insecure about being second best for such a long period of time, I'm not going to want excuses. And I don't want people to say, hey, the only reason why maybe you beat Okada was because he gave himself a handicap. And so that's why I would be the person then to introduce the best two out of three falls match. And I thought that sort of as a performer too, um, it was really only my second two out of three falls match ever. Really? And Yeah. <laughs> and I really wanted to sort of challenge my own creativity give New Japan something new, because they never had that match before either, um, not for the IWGB title anyway, and uh, just sort of, I don't know, evolve what we have been doing. And, um, you know, that, that type of match is very famous in Mexico. They do it all the time. Uh, WWE, of course, has had some fantastic two out of three falls matches. Um, I just kind of thought that maybe that was the next step in evolving what we do and making it more of a, a worldwide product. I love the uh, concept. And, you know, I was very reluctant, and I didn't. I, I actually had the willpower to not watch any video uh, from Dominion whatsoever before I watched it over uh, at the Access Studios. So I, wanted, I didn't want to precondition myself. We, these, especially us old guys, 
<laughs> uh, well, you know, we have our, we're setting our ways, man. Right, right. And yeah. I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, life changes, life has changed, cir- circumstances have changed my life, mm. specifically my wife getting killed last year, uh, to where I, I look at things a little bit differently. And I, and I'm sorry to say, no one takes this the wrong way, but sometimes it takes a great shock in your life to shock you into more reality. The reality of it is, is our business is changing. The way people approach it, they study it, they learn it, they live it, because there's so much access. I I can tell you that uh, I'm doing a Q&A. Uh, I'm doing a lot of Q&As out there, here, there, and yon. And I can tell you, Kenny, the questions we get today are much more intelligent questions than, you know, things I got seven or eight years ago. Right, Just right. that way. So what are you seeing in the... Because you're not just in New Japan, you're 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 venturing out and doing other things. Uh, you got yes, you got a Ring of Honor obligations too, right? Uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I try to take it where it makes sense. Those those bookings, I don't. I have very much sort of um, alleviated um, any sort of work that doesn't really move the business forward, so mm. to speak. Mm. So you know, I, I did do the big Supercard of Honor show that was. You know, Ring of Honor's biggest crowd in, in forever, I think it was. Um, and I'll be doing, of course, uh, the, the Cruise of Jericho, the rock and wrestling Rager at Sea, which I think is partly ROH produced or whatever. Of, of course, it's a brainchild of Chris Jericho, though. So, I mean, things like that, I, I'm always willing to be a part of because it moves the business forward. It's something cool. It's something original, something you've never seen before. And things like that I'm always all about. So I, uh, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm actually uh, on that cruise as well right yeah jerry lawler and i are the quote-unquote hosts i say that with eyebrows up it's like hiring larry flint and hugh hefner to (laughs) to host the party (laughs) so uh but we're we're looking forward to it i look forward to seeing you there but before that i'll see you in uh the cow palace that's right and tell me i have my own again og opinions i thought when the tickets were put on sale Mm-hmm. Kenny for the Cow Palace. I would have, as an old marketing person, as an old promoter, you know, Booker guy, whatever. Yep. I would have. I would have. There's so many viable names on your New Japan roster right now that, man, I would not kayfabe the people whatsoever. Hey, you're going to see this guy, and this guy's going to be there, and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be at least two championships decided. Things like that that can be somewhat positioned ambiguously, but it gives the consumer more to hang their hat on and to force that buying decision. I thought that might have been a mistake, but now I understand tickets are, are picking up well. The names have been mentioned. You and Cody, IWGP Heavyweight title has been advertised, uh, which I, I am so looking forward to. Uh, you guys, I know, kill it. There's no doubt in my mind. But I just thought that, what are you hearing? What's your feel for that Cow Palace event and the, and the boys, the, the locker room, coming right. to that famous arena? I mean, it's it's my first time there, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I did feel much much like yourself that we needed to right out of the gate announce something big for that venue. Uh, at first, it was sort of like you know the novelty of just us coming to the states was enough to sell a building out. Mm-hmm. And you know, our our first event was hey, there's going to be a tournament, and there's going to be this new belt, and here's a picture of the new belt, and the belt looks great. Yep. So that was enough to sell the show itself. You just figure if there's a tournament, there's a new belt that looks great. And, you know, it's prob- the tournament's probably going to be good. Hey, you know, let's buy a ticket. Um, the second time around, uh, I will be the first to admit I don't. I didn't feel like it was the strongest card we could have presented. It felt more like 
um, you know, a, a TV, you know, one of our TVs mm-hmm. with a strong main event. Um, so we just tried to, to do the best with it, the best of it that we could and, and tell a great story. And I, I really feel like we did that. But I also felt like, okay, now we actually need to, to bring our big guns. We need to treat these shows like how New Japan would treat their kind of bigger pay-per-view styled shows. And we had no announcements. And I, I was worried um, but I knew, you know, the kind of di- the direction we were going to go in and that, yes, there were going to be title matches. There were going to be, you know, Rey Mysterio Jr. is going to be coming and all that. Um, so I knew we'd be okay in the end, but I really felt that we should have gave the fans a little bit of more information from the get-go. Um, but I do think now, now that I've kind of seen what the card's going to look like, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a good show and it's going to feel like a big show. Yeah, no doubt. I'm very excited about it. I'm a... Uh... I move my travel up. I'll show you how childlike I am at 66 years of age. <laughs> I don't feel it, and I and I'm, I'm healthy, and I, I'm you know blessed with my career. I'm coming out a day earlier than I was going to come out, so I'm going to arrive on Thursday. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. I, awesome. <laughs> well, you know, you, you learn things. You see the guys. You get a little. I I, I enjoy just shooting the breeze with the fellas because it lets me have a little glimpse into what's inside them. Mm, that's true. That's and, true. And I know that you're a very cerebral guy. You're articulate, you're smart, you have a bigger vision, which I dearly respect. But on the same token, the guy you're wrestling in the Cow Palace has many of your like qualities in Cody Runnels. Certainly does. And uh, I think we're, we have uh, many similar qualities as, uh, as performers, but um, I feel that we have very different strengths as well, which will lend itself to a very original-looking match. It's not going to look like anything else in the card. And uh, one thing that I always look forward to when working with Cody is that, um, I, I mean, this isn't a knock to anyone that I work with, but it's very rare that I get to work with someone who has such good um, facials and selling ability. So I love being able to work with people like that. Um, it allows for moments and moves to feel more real and for people to kind of take in the in-between stuff a lot more. Well, I'm glad you mentioned selling. You know, I, I, the match you had with Okada that, as we mentioned, I called, and it's going to air a, a big two-hour special Friday night on Access TV. The, that would be July the 6th, folks. And if you follow me on Twitter, at JRSBBQ, I recently put out a schedule of what was going to be airing from the Dominion on Access TV, and we voiced all those matches over this week. I, I had, hey, look, I had a wrestling fan's dream week. I got to call... Some amazing wrestling matches. I mean, Jericho and Nato, they they beat the feces out of each other. Oh, it was it was it was a real fun for me to watch because, I mean, you know, Jericho he always kind of wants to surprise people. Never tells anyone the you know what's gonna <laughs> what's gonna go on. And I had sort of asked him like, hey, like how how long are you guys gonna go, knowing that we were gonna go fairly long? And he's like, I don't worry, it's gonna be like six to eight. I'm like, yeah, sure it is. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know how you operate. So, like, yeah, we got at least a half hour. Don't worry. <laughs> they, uh, I was the, the the knots on the face of Nido, uh, the his, his bloody eye, yep. eyeball. By the way, looked like yeah. eyeball. it was, it was a, uh, it was, it was coarse, man. It was, it was old school, kind of like an old NWA show uh, back when Dusty was booking. When there'd be a lot of, a lot of juice. Yep. I'm not advocating. A lot of juice, don't get me wrong, but when you do happen to cross the blood, mm. like a couple of your matches, where, uh, you know, where you took a bad bump or hit, you got hit one time, you got steps or something, 
Right. You're bleeding. Yeah. And, of course, your hair color, you get that Ric Flair effect. Right. Right? That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Kenny, it adds, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's the ultimate shortcut, but when it does happen organically, it is an amazing, dramatic effect. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, and, and accidents happen all the time, and, you, you, of course, you never hope for them, too. But um, when it does happen organically, like you said, and it, it really sort of brings an entire new emotion into the match. And if it's something that you can change on a whim and incorporate that into the feeling of your, of your matchup, you can really elevate your own performance to something even higher than what you had what you'd kind of created from beforehand. Which is, you know, also why it's it's great for matches to not ever be overproduced from the, from the off start. Um, and you know, of course, Jericho is great with kind of rolling with the punches. And if something like that happens, he knows exactly how to work with it. Um, so yeah, for for me to watch that match and to see, you know, I know these guys are working safe. I know they know exactly what they're doing. But you know, for it to be physical like that, and for a guy to get a nod in his head or his cheek or whatever or his head. Um, and for the fans to kind of see that and register that, it sort of brings another level to this brawl atmosphere that they created. Yeah, they, they did a terrific job. And I'll tell you something. You mentioned it earlier. I followed up selling. They sold. Yep. So it made me feel like this guy was really hurting, and he's suffering right now. He's, and so if I like him, I'll suffer with him and have the empathy that you would have for a hero or someone you're supporting. Not to be a hero, but someone you support. Uh, on the other hand, if the other wrestler is a guy you don't like, you know, good, kick his ass. You know, exactly. It's, it's yeah. all great. <laughs> it's, so, it's. I think sometimes, Kenny, I don't know what your take on this is. I'd like to know. I think sometimes in our business, we are our own worst enemies in that we overthink things, yep. and and we start saying, "Well, human nature has changed." And my question to that is, my answer is, since when? It hasn't changed, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's very true. If you see, if you have somebody you like or you respect, you hate to see them suffer, right? So I, uh, I, I, I just think sometimes that I watch a lot of too much wrestling, but uh, I just believe that there's sometimes that the guys think that selling might be a sign of a show of weakness. It is if you die, mm. die sell, right? Yep, yep, of course. If you register and if you sell. Based on what you have received, it is logical, and you connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And you guys are so amazing. You know, uh, Okada's—he's an artisan, man. I mean, he's—he's a—he's—he's he's special. And I'm glad that you guys came along together because I don't know. And all due respect to the roster, I have never endured myself that roster as much as I'd like to. But uh, this is not far going to help it. But you know, you, both you guys came along at the right place, the right time, the right timing, the right atmosphere. That Osaka was a big deal because he started his run there against Naito. Osaka last year, he couldn't beat you, uh, and you go to the 60-minute draw. I just think uh, it was just, it was prophetic. It was like a, you wrote a story, which I guess it was, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I just It was really, really, really impressive. There's a lot of great talent in New Japan. They seem like they're getting better, more depth. The young guys are evolving. Which is really, really crucial. They're yep. they're respectful enough, Kenny. They're leaving some of the old guys, older guys, still in positions of viability, which helps the younger guys get to become better in the ring. Uh, work with the older guys that are more skilled or more experienced. Right. Who should I keep my eye on? Who's the Who do you think the next big thing's going to be uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling? 
Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I mean, we have a couple guys that I think are working really hard and they're starting to get over the crowd. Um, uh, right off the bat, I, I can say that, that people are really starting to believe in Juice. And I think Juice is going to mm-hmm. have, he's going to start to connect with people in, in, a, in a brand new way. And people are going to really start to care more about what he does in the ring. And I, I remember, like, when Juice kind of first came into his sort of singles run. And because he was just doing a bunch of multi-mans and stuff like that beforehand. And he was sort of recognized as a graduate of our Young Lions kind of program, even though he was fully trained when he came to New Japan. It was just sort of like a, a gimmick kind of thing. But he was doing the, you know, the punches. He got those great punches. And he, want, he wanted the crowd to eventually chant juice with it, you know, as, he, as he did every jab. Um, and, you know, I, I worked with him in a singles match in one of the country towns, and, you know, none of them knew to chant the juice, and he was really disappointed about that. But now he'll go anywhere, and everybody is all about the punches, and they're all about his character. And he's really starting to... to to get that effect and, and have that that gathering and people are really starting to, to cheer for him as an underdog and some of our for example Ishii has always been one of our greatest underdogs where mm-hmm. people believe he can beat anybody right and and that makes all of his matches regardless of who he's performing against really exciting and he sort of represents kind of you know the New Japan strong style that they've been promoting um, even though it's kind of like a new age strong style, but it's a very Japanese sort of style. Um, so I mean, yeah, like with the expansion going into America and possibly other countries, I mean, Ishii is going to be a, a name to watch. A guy like Juice is going to be a name to watch. Uh, we have uh, a new young talent. If we're going to go kind of further into the future, um, his name's Hanade. Aaron Hanade is one of the. He's uh, kind of doing a Tongan gimmick right now, and uh, just brings so much energy, so much fire. Um, He's not afraid to use his voice. He's not afraid to put himself out there. Just has limitless potential. Really looking forward to his growth. And um, actually, we have a lot of young lions, too. It's hard to really say who's going to emerge as kind of the ace of the young lions. Um, But, you know, um, all of our our new batch, they have very great um, storied athletic backgrounds, a uh, a lot of amateur wrestling champions. Know, baseball champions, just all different types of uh, sport backgrounds. These are real athletes, and these guys that want it. So, um, and like you said, we have our older talent that that has a ton of experience in other belts. Um, they're working with them on our youngs on your young lions show, Lions Gate, I believe it's called. So these guys are getting extra work on top of what they're getting on our on our normal shows, and I think they're going to develop and grow much quicker because of that. And I'm, it makes me really excited for the future. Uh, I see, and I met him uh, at an indie show uh, a month or two ago, uh, Jeff Cobb. I was going to say, I wasn't sure if I was able to uh, kind of spill the beans on that, but yeah, I think he will be leaving an impact very, very soon. He's a talented son of a gun. And I, oh, yeah. Let me tell you something, Kenny. Uh, and I used to, it was something that I brought to Vince McMahon's attention, you know, I, I when I got that job as the head of talent relations, my one of my goals is that per him was we got to get younger Jr. Okay, I get that, uh, and I said I added to that, and we got to get we got to create a more positive atmosphere in the locker room. I like competitiveness, right? But I don't like dissension, or I didn't get you got to win. I didn't get a win. Boo, boo, boo. You know, gosh, stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're an adult. Quit it. Uh, so, uh, but but he's the kind of guy that I can see. Unless I completely misread him, 
you're going to love in your locker room because he's a man's man and he's not he's very unpretentious and I think for for uh, New Japan he could be a big time player. No, I I most definitely agree. Actually, I have a show coming up. Um, sort of, I'm helping produce the show under the New Japan banner at Daytona Beach, and uh, it's kind of a real cool, unique premise of. Uh, us kind of teaming with the gaming world to give them something at their at one of the, the world's largest gaming, um, uh, I guess, I don't know what you call it, uh, a gaming competition. So um, it's CEO versus kind of CEO cross New Japan, and I was putting the card together, and, you know, you can only use so many guys. It was going to be kind of a mini card at first, and um, so I'm, I'm putting a card together, and I just there's a bunch of names I wanted to use, and I said to New Japan, "Hey, there's this guy. His name's Jeff Cobb. I know he's came he's come down for one tour. Would I possibly really use him?" And um, then they're kind of like, "Well, actually, we're probably going to be using him even more." So I was really happy to hear that. So it's looking like he's going to be appearing more often for New Japan, and um, he's also going to be at that show in Daytona Beach on June 29th. So cool. Um, if, I know there's going to be fans that are going to want to see this event. Yep. I've read a lot about it. Can't be in a better place if you like the beach, nice yeah. weather. You know how they how they get info. How do fans get info on your show and tickets if they hope to buy? Which I would highly recommend. I would definitely highly recommend it as well. It's going to be a very fun time, kind of first of its kind. CEOGaming dot org. That will have all your information. Has the card. Has the the, the wrestlers. Um, ticket prices. Ticket availability. It's all there for you. I. Expect this show to have a Kenny Omega feel, a little progressive yet logical, uh, unique presentation to the best you can because everybody shouldn't be and can't be Kenny Omega. But I just got to think your your flair for production and uh, pro- and <laughs> producing these talents. You're going to give guys ideas they hadn't even thought of, and th- and those shows are where you try things, mm-hmm. you know, off Broadway, so to speak. No, it's definitely going to have a very, very unique look and feel, but the production is going to be off the charts. I can promise that. So it's going to be great for everyone involved. And you know what? We're going to stream the thing live as well. Um, so if you can't be there live, there will be an opportunity to see it on stream. And that information is also on the website. So I just hope that this opens up some eyes and people have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and you know, the, the demand for, uh, the demand for uh, content... Yeah, it's it's amazing in the society we live in. I was telling my manager at dinner on Monday night. I said, you know, uh, I'm in a good spot here. You know, yeah. I got a contract with WWE. I got a contract with Access TV. You know, I got a I got a deal with Westwood One. And you know, uh, I don't. None of these places have restricted what I do right. based on my age. And 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 <laughs> we live in a society that ageism is a pain in the ass. I'm just telling you right now. Right. Uh, so I'm uh, really excited about all these off- options. And what I think is going to happen is that somebody is going to find their niche where their crew of guys, where there's flair for producing a wrestling show. And they're going to be the, they're going to be a, the highlight of, uh, of, of streaming. It's every, you can, everybody can get it, man. Mm-hmm. Every, you ain't got to subscribe to direct TV here. Right. So I, I like that. Uh, so I wish you the best of luck on that. You'll have a, a lot of fun. Hey, uh, when you were growing up there in Winnipeg, you guys, the, the, I guess the local show you got was uh, Vern's AWA, right? That's right, yeah. Kenny, recently uh, the wrestling world lost Leon White 
professionally known as Big Van Vader. You may have known him in a, when you were a young buck there in Winnipeg on Vern's TV as the Baby Bull. Yep. What were your memories of this guy who I could only describe as a amazingly athletic big man? Yeah, I mean, possibly the first of its kind. I mean, you didn't really see huge, monstrous individuals doing drop kicks and moonsaults until Vader, I would say, probably. Vader or Bam Bam Bigelow, whoever did it first. But um, my actual kind of, well, it's, it's sort of a, it's a more recent memory of Vader, and it's definitely one that puts a smile on my face when I, when I think about it. Uh, it was in 2009. I had actually met Vader for the first time in person in Japan. He, he had his own promotion for a period of time, and I was asked just on a whim to be a part of it, and uh, there was this Japanese fellow, and actually, because of that promotion, that was my first Japanese visa as well, my first Japanese work visa. Um, I, I had come in 2008 for one tour, and I didn't have a visa, and I, I came as a traveler and did some matches then, but to get official work in 2009 and beyond, uh, that was actually because of Vader, so I have that to... I have that uh, to credit him for. Um, but yeah, I met Vader in person then, and uh, very nice fellow, super nice, and uh, he was always happy to talk to anybody who had the time to, to greet him wherever. He, he spoke with all the Japanese people. He spoke with all the foreigners as well. Um, but of course, he, didn't, never, knew, he never knew me, and, um, and he wanted to meet all the new faces as well, so he asked me, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? And I told him I was from up in Canada, and he was like, oh, wow, yes, you probably, you know, maybe you've seen me or whatever. And I was like, yeah, he said, yeah, I was up through there and yada, yada, yada. And uh, he said, I want to give you some advice, man. He says, are you, are you cool to hear some advice? And I said, yeah. He said, well, first of all, do you love Japan? And I said, yeah, I, I love Japan. It's like, I really hope to make this kind of a full-time gig. And he had said, well, and he was kind of with a, he was always with a, an interpreter just in case someone had kind of ran by him like a Japanese question or something. So this guy was, was kind of standing beside Vader, and he said, like, you know, I just want to tell you that, you know, it's coming to Japan, it really doesn't mean anything. It's becoming someone that they want to keep bringing back. So, you know, you coming here for the first time, it really, it really don't mean sh- shit. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's being that person that they want to keep bringing back and use over and over and over again and making a career out of yourself and name out of yourself. That's, that's when you can say, you know, you're, you're real professional wrestler and i was like well that, that's true I, I guess and then the sort of the, the, the punchline to this whole thing is the interpreter goes well actually vader this is like his third or fourth tour already and he's like what you've been here before it's like oh hell geez well congratulations man you got the right idea and we sort of had a laugh about it um but uh yeah um just a real nice guy and uh you know, he's, he's intimidating because he's, he's huge, right? I mean, it's the first time, <laughs> yeah. like, he's a very big guy, and he's kind of, he was, he was trying to bring his um, son up and, and make him kind of the ace of the promotion. Yeah, Jesse. Right, yep. And when he was kind of working with him in the ring and, and backstage and all that, he was really intense. So it was intimidating to kind of go up to him and have this conversation with him after seeing him, you know, sort of yell instructions and, <laughs> you know, and, I remember he was really mad about one of the chairs backstage not being big enough, and that was another sort of funny thing. He's like, he's like, give me, could you give me a chair? He says, I really want to rest my knees. And I'm like, okay, here you go, sir. And it was a real small stool with no back support. 
And he goes, you see me? You see this? Says, Can't you tell I'm a fat ass? He says, I need a real chair. And he yeah. he kind of kicks the stool over. And just a real funny guy anyway, real pleasant. Like he, He's kind of trying to pop the boys with that. So, yeah, the only, only pleasant memories of him. Um, it's too bad I couldn't work with him more. I think I did two of his shows. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm actually very happy that those are more recent memories and not just you know, memories of me seeing him on TV. I'm, I'm glad I was able to meet the person. What are the boys, uh, Kenny, that you know, uh, what would be their description of working with Leon? Uh, you know, he's so big. We, we talked about his athleticism. Yep. I think sometimes at 400 pounds and doing moonsaults, it's a great thing, but boy, it's, it, it, it's gotta be, uh, it lessens your shelf life. I think for a guy that big, Definitely. but in any event, uh, how, what's the general consensus as best, you know, uh, to describe a match with Leon? Uh, well, it's, I mean, for a lot of the Japanese talent, especially Vader is still very much an inspiration to anybody that is kind of cut from a different cloth. It's like for, for the big men that have athletic ability, everyone still uses his matches as study material Everyone still kind of aspires to be that sort of athlete, someone that's hard-hitting but is able to move and bump and sell for you. Um, like, he isn't the only one of his kind. There are other people, other big men, that have been known to be able to move and bump and sell and all that sort of stuff. But I still think that sort of the archetype for that, that, that kind of athlete and probably the most successful of its kind was, was Vader. And it's, it's really hard to dispute that because... He had a very hard-hitting style that could easily pass as, as a shoot, and which is why he was so successful in UWFI and beyond. And um, you know, when he had to high fly, he never had to, but when he wanted to, it always added that extra element to a match. Like, wow, this guy really is inhuman. And um, you know, of course, the big, big, powerful man, and he sort of had that Doctor Death sort of. Um, Wow, like a Dr. Death and, and company sort of larger than life. And you didn't know where, where the character stopped and, right. where, you know, and where it started. And so even as a, as a performer, as someone who kind of knew the ins and outs of the business, you, you were sort of intimidated by that man, which is, I think, it's, it's cool. You know, it's cool. I was on the booking committee at WCW, uh, and I want to say that it was Jim Cornette and I that had the idea to bring Leon and Stan Hansen to WCW. Yeah, that's another name, yep. Uh, and the, the booking committee, uh, made up of uh, active performers by and large, so they didn't watch any outside tapes because they didn't want to bring anybody good in <laughs> to take the <laughs> challenge over their spot. So uh, that's human nature, I guess. But nonetheless, uh, we brought them in, and i tell you what, I, what, I, uh, what turned my head. There's that famous tape... Vader and Hanson, where yep. Stan almost takes Leon's eye out. Right. Yep, yep, yep. He broke the eye orbit. It was gruesome. It was uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. Very compelling television. And I'm thinking, man, if we can just tap into a little bit of that. I'm not talking about the blood and the gore, but it's a little bit of that right. physicality and realism. Keyword. Yeah, the to yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, please suspend my disbelief. Please. Mm-hmm. And uh, get. Let, can I... Or will you allow me to get lost in your match? Yeah. And those guys did that. 
Kenny. They did that. Totally. Oh, yeah. I remember in WCW, the, the matches, the sort of the feud with uh, Kim and Cactus was, was, was exactly that. And they, they liked each other. Right. They yeah. had good chemistry. And Mick, you know, tougher than a $2 steak, as somebody once said, uh, was had the patience to make sure Leon was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. You know, Leon could be demanding on a match. Yep. And Mick was has always been so congenial. Not that he's not competitive, doesn't have an idea. He's got a lot of ideas. Yeah. But he uh, he understood how to work with Leon. Is my point, I guess. Yeah, right. He's very selfless. So that that's why the the, the two worked very well together. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny's on Twitter, folks. Uh, a very good follow, Kenny Omega Man X. Yep. So check that out. I'm loving this conversation with Kenny Omega, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. We'll be defending his title on Saturday, July 7th in the famous Cow Palace in San Francisco against uh, Cody. On this show, I can say Cody Rhodes. Or I can say Cody Runnels, if I choose. Or I can talk about his dog, Pharaoh. Or the fact that his wife, Brandy, just had a birthday. Well, will I? Will I? If I want to, I will. So Cody and uh, Omega will do all they physically can to wow the world on July the 7th. It will be classic. And for any of us to think it will be anything less than a classic, shame on us. So next week, we'll catch up with Kenny again, talk about uh, the championship mentality, closing the show. Uh, you know, he's uh, the. we'll talk about his big event coming to uh, Daytona Beach, uh, his crazy schedule. Dave Meltzer star ratings and how the guys in the locker room uh, perceive that. And Kenny himself. Kenny's right there. He's got the biggest numbers in history of the Meltzer rating system. And his thoughts on WWE. So I told him, I said, I, you know I'm going to ask this question, Kenny. What's the story with Kenny Omega and the WWE? When? Where? How? We know why. The money. But uh, we talk about that, and he's very, very open. You'll be very surprised at that. So that's next week. Uh, hey, look, we really enjoyed being with you here this week. I thank you very much for uh, subscribing to our program. We love the five-star reviews, including uh, Art Corvelli. The new format is just terrific for good old JR. He can give his opinion on the current product and give us old-school fans great stories and other segments. That's exactly what we're shooting for, Art. Art Vandelay. Importer, exporter, of course. I said, we met with here in, in town. Importer, exporter. I asked Raphael, is, that, is his name Art Vanderley by chance? It wasn't. Fats Galore. I love that one, man. Fats Galore says, Mr. Jim Ross is undoubtedly the greatest talent to ever call wrestling in the history of the sport. Thank you for your candor and for sharing your knowledge and opinions. That from my cousin, Fat Galore. Thank you, Fats. Juggernaut Senior says, now I wonder if it's Juggernaut Senior or is it Juggernaut Senior? I'm going to go with Senior because it's S-E-N-I-O-R. So Juggernaut Senior says, respect to the Ross Report. You will always have a faithful downloader and listener. Mr. Juggernaut, thank you. Or Miss Juggernaut, thank you. Whatever your gender may be, and it doesn't matter. Seriously, folks, remember to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however you listen uh, to your to your audio shows. But remember, there's only one Slobberknocker Audio. That's it, baby. Only one. And you're listening to it. It's part of your deal. It's part of your show. We're teammates here. 
So don't forget to leave that fire starting that we hype, hype about endlessly ad nauseum, for God's sakes. Uh, check out the new Westwood One podcast app. Podcast galore, baby. 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff and Connie. I love those cheeks. I like that Conrad scene with that Heidenreich scene with, Con- with Conrad. I could be, he could be Michael Cole and I could be Heidenreich. And I can get cheek to cheek with Connie. Mm-hmm. 83 weeks, Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson. The ubiquitous Conrad Thompson. He don't touch nothing, don't work. Uh, talk is Jericho. How this son of a bitch finds time to record two podcasts a week is amazing to me. I so admire Chris Jericho. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Thank you very much. Uh, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Keeping it real. 100 with Conan. Carlos, my man. Coming out of retirement. MLB. No, MLB. He's played third base for the uh, Devil Race. Carlos is coming out of retirement to wrestle in a very unique match for MLW. You can find out about it at MLW.com. Yes, the damn thing's in Queens, for God's sakes. Will you please buy a ticket and sell a sumbitch out? I'm begging you. Uh, the Raven effects on our network. Hey, 20 years ago, I took the overrunner. He wouldn't even be around. Thank God, Scott, he's still here. He's classic. Celebration Rock, the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. So much more, folks, on the Westwood One podcast app. All you got to do is search Westwood One podcast in the app or Google Play stores today. It's a good deal. Okay, so uh, remember, uh, I'm on Twitter at JRSBBQ, Facebook, and Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. If you want to check along that stuff, I want to thank Sean Creedle for always managing our Facebook and our Instagram account so professionally and a great friend and a loyal uh, uh, worker in our world, like the rest of our little team, Raphael Morphy and producer Ted, the whole crew. So uh, we thank them for their efforts as always. And next week, part two of the Kenny Omega interview. Hey, uh, last week, two weeks ago, we had a 20% increase uh, in downloads over the best week we had. And it was good because we came out of the box of the show as number one. So we, we started out pretty good. Then last week, we had twenty percent, another 20% increase. So for whatever reason, in the last two or three weeks, the show has been hotter than hell. And we really appreciate it. I, I give a lot of the credit to my fellow podcasters here on the Westwood One uh, uh, network because you can come to Westwood One and listen to so many great podcasts. You're bound to stumble across ours at some point in time, right? But nonetheless, we thank all you guys that are listening. And the growth of this show has been nothing short of incredible. And we thank you guys for that. It's all on you. It's all on you. And we do appreciate it. So part two of Kenny Omega next week. Uh, I'm off to catch a train uh, to go to uh, do a couple more shows. Then we're going to fly into Ireland. And uh, I'm going to go hopefully toward the end of the week to the side of the quiet man. Hopefully I have some pictures on social media. So follow me on Facebook where they'll, they'll, some of those folks, those pictures will be Jim Ross BBQ and, of course, on Twitter at JRS BBQ. And you'll see my little trip hopefully to the John Wayne Quiet Man movie set. My first schoolboy crush was on Maureen O'Hara. That may be why I might just have a little bitty high cheekbone crush on Becky Lynch. Just saying. A little harmless. I'm, I'm, I'll give you Uncle JR. That's all. Something like that. Mentor. You know, old timer. You know, but she's a, she's a classic beauty like Maureen O'Hara. And there's nothing wrong with having supermodel cheekbones. I'm telling you, just saying. I got supermodel cheeks, several of them. That's another story for another time. Uh, multiple cheeks, where it goes. 
Me and Connie, hey, between Conrad and I and Bruce, there ain't no shortage of cheeks around this business. We got them, man. Cheeks are covered here. Cheeks are us in the podcast land. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being with us. Uh, again, uh, somewhat irreverent this week, more than normal. We have no sleep. We got to go catch a train. Uh, it's, I'm having a fun over here with Kenny and Fiona, all the guys. He's, she's a wonderful woman. It's his assistant. She keeps uh, us around and travels with us. And such a wonderful person. Uh, and we appreciate it. Good staff here, man. It's good to be on the road. I told somebody last night and our, our Monday night. Yeah, last night. I said, you know, I've done all these WrestleManias and Hall of Fame and Rumbles and SummerSlams and, you know, all these amazing events. So blessed to have that run. But there's really nothing I have more fun in this stage of my life than those Q&A shows. It just reconnects you to your fans and they to you. It's a good place to say thanks for coming. And they have fun. You take the pictures and sign their autographs. And, man, I... The only problem is I just get too damn long-winded in the VIP line to make it run smooth. Run, not smoothly, but make it run quick, more quickly. But I can't have that. I'm not changing that little policy. So, uh, in any event, thanks again for being with us. Hope you'll tune in next week for Kenny Omega Part 2. Until then, from uh, Scotland, trying to get back to good old Norman, Oklahoma, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network, The Raven Effect. Hey, this is Raven, host of The Raven Effect Podcast, and if you want to experience an hour of ridiculous banter, and you feel like you're hanging out with old friends and family, then listen to The Raven Effect Podcast. Quote The Raven, never, ah, you get it. The Raven Effect. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.